Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Nerd! Hi everyone, and welcome to the Puckcast. On today's episode, we are going to be looking at the prospects on all the teams from the Western Canadian Division. And helping us will be Eric Schneider, GM of the Nova Scotia Schooners. So, let's get started right away with Eric Schneider. When this uh, airs, that may have started already. It may about be about to start, but uh, best of luck, Eric, and welcome. Thank you very much, Ian. Happy to be here. Proud, as always, to represent the mighty two-time champion Nova Scotia Schooners out of Halifax. Storied franchise, juggernaut, ready to three-peat, confident as I'll get out. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. And and uh, today we're going to be talking about prospects. One thing that you know a lot about, uh, of course, your team is always up there with the pro- top prospects, but we are going to be talking about the top prospects in the Canadian West division today, our final group. I apologize to everyone for uh, for not moving on from the uh, from from our last uh, episode. Uh, a little bit under the weather for for a while. But uh, feeling good and, and really excited to do this with you. Thanks Why for having me. Yeah, this is going to be exciting. Yes, excellent. Why don't we get started right away? We go alphabetical. And a team we happen to look at first then, if we are looking alphabetically in the Canadian West, is a little team called the Banff Rockies. Uh, as Don likes to say, uh, the other small market uh, franchise. And... Uh, why don't you get started with the with the top five that the that Banff has uh, on the site? I'd love to. Uh, what what could be a more fitting tribute to my dispatched and yet worthy adversaries? Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Banff Rockies. Two years in a row. Sorry, buddy. Oh yeah. We have right. <laughs> a, we have at least a uh, an extremely enviable top five list here. Um, number one, there could be no doubt, Anton. Lundell. 12th overall pick, 2020 entry draft by none other than yours truly, Ian Constable. Um, had a very impressive showing with uh, with Florida in the regular season this year. Looks like a bona fide top six option going forward. Um, certainly has uh, some high-end potential there as well. Um, impressively defensively sound player. I was I, I don't, don't catch a ton of Panthers games. I don't want to suggest otherwise, but the ones that I did tune into Kids responsible in his own end. It's pretty cool to see. Um, which you, you don't really get that with guys that young that you that hit the league that quickly. Um, minutes have suffered a little bit in the playoffs. He's looked a little overawed to me. Um, just in a couple of games I caught against uh, uh, their first round of home there. But um, yeah, he's he's got a ton of potential. So you're sitting pretty there. Uh, number two, I I would personally have in the three spot, but you know that's uh, that's your choice, not mine. Uh, Spencer Knight. Very, very impressive goalie. Um, if I recall right, he's uh, he had a, a solid uh, 
Boston College career, a couple seasons um, before turning pro, and put up very, very strong numbers in something like 30-ish games. Um, you can tell I'm doing this blind. I apologize for the uh, unprofessionalism. Um, but yeah, looked really good for Florida again. Seems like you're going to that uh, that Panthers well over there in the uh, that other league. Um, yeah, he's not uh, he's not going to be taking Bobrovsky's um, seat anytime too quickly, I don't think. But um, hey, Bob has uh, surprised us a few ways before. Uh, I could be very wrong there. What little I've noticed of uh, of Knight in his NHL um, games is he seems like he's a, a very um, controlled and and tight kind of young goalie. I know he's got tendencies to sort of overplay once in a while and like blow through his crease and overlap the post and whatnot, but he seems generally speaking, as long as he's not getting flustered and, and overreacting to stuff, he seems like he plays a pretty controlled game, very technically sound. Um, I think he's a, a high floor and kind of mid-ceiling sort of goalie, which is why I would probably put him behind the next guy on your list, um, who is none other than Yaro Askarov, Russian superstar goalie, goalie of the future for the Predators, which is a renowned goalie factory in and of itself. Um, I think Askarov is kind of the opposite of, of Spencer Knight. I mean, I, granted, they're both kind of big frames, um, but this this kid, maybe a mid kind of floor, like I, I could see him being like a really enigmatic, drive you crazy kind of 1B sort of goalie, uh, but I also think he's got a ridiculously high ceiling. Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you, Ian, on, on Askarov versus Knight, because mm-hmm. that's that's a combo that is probably the envy of the entire league as far as goalie development. Like, what what were you thinking there with taking Knight in 2019 and then doubling down and grabbing another goalie in 2020? I was, you know, uh, I was thrilled to get Knight in uh, 19, and uh, a certain other GM that lives here in Edmonton and that I go to games with. I'm very very lucky to have him bring me to some games every year uh, in the uh, the other Nahal league. But um, uh, I had <laughs> I'd mentioned to him a couple picks before because I saw Broberg sitting there. Um, and I thought there's no way that Spencer Knight would be there when I picked. I said, you know, uh, looks like I'll probably be picking uh, Broberg there. Do you want to move up for that pick? Uh, and uh, he's like, no, no, I'll stay where I am. I said, okay. And then all of a sudden the when it came to me, Spencer Knight was still there, and I, I was thrilled. I grabbed Spencer Knight. I was, I was uh, just ecstatic, and of course, I haven't heard the end of it since <laughs> from uh, from Mike there. But uh, the next year, uh, I was, I was really trying to move into, uh, into that top, into that top ten, and top like I, I, I can't remember which I had. I had a ten or a twelve, and I was able to get the other one, and. Uh, I was bookmarking, uh, sort of bookending um, uh, JD, and I also loved, <laughs> I also loved Jarvis. So I knew I was going to get when it when it got to me there. I knew I was going to get two of the three that I really wanted, um, and I, I knew I really didn't want to give up like Lundell. I, I I said, boy, if I if I take Jarvis here. Um, First off, I I might be become the biggest villain in the entire league taking Jarvis right before JD in the <laughs> Portland, <laughs> and I think I don't know if I would be able to live that one down. So uh, that kind of played into my mind a bit too. Plus, I absolutely loved Lundell. I had Lundell up a lot higher than at ten, but I I took Lundell there, 
and I was thrilled with either Jarvis or Askarov. Um, and he took Jarvis as I expected. I thought that's exactly who I thought he would take. And I was just ecstatic to still take. Uh, no, did I take Askarov yeah. then? Yeah, you had uh, him first. I did. I, okay, so that's funny because I did have like I did have the th the three of them at like six, seven, eight, um, on my board, and uh, so Askov, I it was like, yeah, I had him six. I thought this guy, I agree with your uh, with your view of him there. He does have a low like mid floor, uh, low to mid floor. He he might wash out. Yeah, and head uh, back to the K, right? Yeah, he, he has that chance. Enigmatic yeah. guys that goes and coasts in the KHL. Right, right. He, I mean, he has that chance because he is extremely not wild, but he moves m too far sometimes, right? He, but he also so athletic. It's so athletic, yeah. but he can make saves that nobody else can make. Exactly. Of, of like in the in the in within maybe ten years of him. Yeah. in the draft is in my opinion like the, nobody can make us the saves some of the saves he makes but he also lets in a number of ones especially in the last two years in bigger games and stuff and and uh even in the khl now um he lets in some that that the the top guys are not letting in as well but i think my my view on it is that he's a goalie it's gonna take him time i'm willing to wait five to ten years not ten years <laughs> I'm willing to wait five years. I guess I'll, I'll wait ten if it takes it. But I, you know, for him to to get that, because I think he has the talent to get that. Anyways, long-winded night, completely opposite in that he is so steady and so calm in the in the net. But he does make big saves, but just not the same. You know, ten bell yeah. saves that that Askrov is making, right? So. I also agree his ceiling isn't as high, but I also think that he's he's on the perfect team as well, yeah. where he is in Florida. To, well, you know, <laughs> maybe not. Their defense can let them down. Actually, sometimes uh, they they can go full guns a blazing. Um, but he he really is in a good spot uh, to play his game there, and uh, and just be steady Eddie back there. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I really like the contrast between them. Uh, but I'll, yeah. I'll, sorry, I've talked a lot about them. I'll let you, I'll let you keep no, going. Oh, that's again. okay. It's, it's, it's interesting to hear in the, uh, uh, the behind the scenes as to where how that developed. Um, yeah. As I said, I mean, that pairing is likely the envy of the entire league as far as uh, the young up and comers go, and, and um, it's a bit of a, uh, a handcuff, as they say. That that's you know, right. Yeah. If the one doesn't work out, you can probably bank on the other. Exactly, so and they're so just so important. The goalies are just so important that exactly. I was like, I will take down. another goalie again because I had a number of picks, um, in and I thought, okay, I can. That's somewhere where I'm not super deep was in goal, and so if I can get two of these guys, then then awesome. Yeah, and makes sense. Hopefully, Ian, one works out. <laughs> go figure. Ian with a lot of draft picks. That's that's just <laughs> that's wild. Never would have seen that coming. Um, what random last note about Escobar before we move on? Um, a southpaw, a very rare yes. goalie southpaw. We have so few of those. I think only two played in the NHL this year. Um, might he be the first southpaw superstar goalie since Jose Taylor? And sometimes he's catching with both hands because he throws that stick around, right? <laughs> you know, like as we saw in that other that one oh. World Juniors. 
that was the that was the comment that everyone's making. He's throwing that stick around. So hey, yeah, he has two gloves to make make catches with. That's what I think. Exciting stuff. All right, we move on to number four on your list. Uh, this is a kid that I've seen a fair bit of. He's a local boy for us here in Vancouver. Mr. Pod Colson. Leslie Pod Colson. Exciting, exciting young winger. He's he's one that if you just based on how he plays, you'd swear he was 6'2", 230, thick as a brick. Um, this is a kid that plays with speed, tenacity, truculence, to quote uh, old uh, Donny Cherry. Um, he's the kind of player that a little bit more old school. He will go through you if he needs to. He's more than happy to play that kind of game. Um, and it's it's fun to watch because there aren't too many of those throwbacks or players left, um, let alone a young 19-year-old Russian kid doing it. So <laughs> doing it with, um, I think, uh, a developing 200-foot game with some dangles, with a pretty solid shot, uh, questionable decision-making at times, but you know that's kind of what you're expecting um, sometimes with that type of player, and certainly with the age. I mean, that, that can develop with time, and especially if he's with the right line mates, um, which he appears to be. If he's getting some consistent minutes with alternately... Horvat or Pedersen. I mean, those are two mm -hmm. very, very bright young lights for him to uh, kind of develop with and under. Um, so, yeah, exciting player for you there. I think you're going to enjoy uh, watching him over the, over the next uh, 10 years because Lord knows that's at least how much time you're going to get out of him. Uh, now we round out your top five. This was an interesting one. I'll be honest. Um, this is a guy that if I was remaking your list, I might not even have in your top 10. Mm. I'm not, I'm not particularly high on Jacob Pelletier of the, uh, well, the Calgary Flames pick, as I recall, but 33rd overall pick for you in that 2019 draft where you also landed Pod Coles in a night. So that was a good year for you. Um, and you're clearly high on him. So maybe I'll turn it over to you and you can tell us what you like about him. Yeah. And you know, my guy at number six for me, they're, they're very different players, but they were interchangeable at five and six. Mm. Uh, he actually just snuck into my top five because there was a movement um, of a player graduating. Uh, my number two player graduated on my list. And that was Keandre Miller because he played um, a full season with the Rockies this year. Yeah. Uh, but Pelche, I, I really, I really uh, link him a lot to a guy like Nick Robertson. I really like Nick Robertson. Okay. Uh, I think the, of the Fire Ants, if I'm not mistaken. And I really wanted Nick Robertson. I think it was the same draft actually. And I had them both. Um, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was the same draft as uh, Bobby Brink that I, I picked as well. Um, but it maybe I maybe right. not. I that is right. No, he, was, he was your 19th pick in that ridiculous draft of yours. Okay. So uh, and Brink is a totally different player than than these guys. But uh, Pelche is just he's he's a a dog on a bone. He just wants that puck if he doesn't have it. He's getting that puck back. And it's a different style of player than I have in the team. Um, but at the same time, he, like, he has a lot of talent to put up points. Uh, he's not the, like, he's not, uh, most of my guys are that, uh, that heady player. They, they, they think the game, they, um, their IQ is their biggest attribute. Uh, and Pelche and Pod Colson are, are not those two players, right? Pod Colson is exactly how you put it, right? He's he is the bull in the china shop. He will drive to the net. Um, 
and he can make some plays sometimes, but uh, but he is just he's going to be that goal scorer. Yeah, more and of a he's, yeah. he's going to that power forward, right? Just the classic power forward. And Pelche is, uh, I think he's going to be playing on the penalty kill. Uh, he's going to be still putting up points. He's going to be a middle six guy. I'm really hoping he's a top six guy, but uh, I think he's going to have a long, long career. And um, and those guys, those um, those guys that can play that defensive game, the Connor Browns types that I, I really like having Connor Brown on my team because just a great defensive rating can really you need it on your penalty kill, right? It just okay. it's such a huge part of part of that team is having like four solid defensive forwards that you can put out in your penalty kill because it's it's so much of it, right? Um, no, no, terrible idea. If that's incorrect information. Discount that. <laughs> so that's why I love Pelche so much, uh, and and that's why I put him in there. I know I knew he wouldn't be in actually many people's top fives of this group, but uh, but I really like him, and uh, he's had a great year in the AHL. I think he. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think he won the rookie scoring title. But oh, did he? Jeez. But he was top three at least. He was right up there for a while. He's pretty much a point a game, like fifty some odd and fifty some odd. Um, and as for a pretty young player, um, the one thing is I don't think he he makes the the big club uh, in the Nahal too quickly, just because there's it's pretty deep up there. So. I don't know how quick he gets there, and that's okay. You know, I'm I'm, I'm willing to wait on him. Uh, yeah, but I I really like his career, what yeah. what it looks like it's going to go to. Really high floor, maybe not the highest ceiling, but uh, that's okay for me right now. Okay. All right, beauty. All so right. I'm, I'm curious to hear uh, who rounds yeah. out your top ten. Okay, and so with that, I just realized uh, uh, today when I was looking some stuff over, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm one of these guys missing somebody in my top 10 right now um, because Calvin, uh, like I said, he had graduated. So I, I actually just today put somebody into the, into the 10 spot, but uh, at six, I have Bork. Um, sure. And uh, he's the guy that I was like, Ooh, Pelche or Bork, Pelche or Bork. So um, Bork is the off, like Bork is that uh, high IQ player. Um, he's going to be that setup guy. And I, and, I've got a number of centers right now, but uh, down the road, maybe, you know, maybe I make a move to get him in there when he's ready. Uh, number seven, Ryan Merkley. And I know that he's not on many people's top 10 lists of mine, but was that uh, right? he, he would have been, he would have been in that five spot. As far as okay. I'm yeah. Okay. Big so he's, he is so, what is that word? He is um, mercurial. Yeah. Frustrating. <laughs> yeah. But uh <laughs> Uh, uh, polarizing. Yes. He's so polarizing. There's some. I know there are some GMs in this league that just hate like, his game. Would never. Like I've been told, he, he was a do not draft for a, yeah. a number of uh, GMs, right? And I had him in my. And I had him at I think 14 in the draft in it uh, myself. Just like he had, he has so much talent, uh, and I think he's going to learn the defensive game. He's played. He played half a season in the, in the hole this year. Um, they're not going to be putting them out there if he's just, you know, if he's a complete tire fire back there. So um, he, he'll learn it. He's a smart guy. Uh, and and I think with, when he's playing with um, even more talented players, that's when some of his stuff is going to 
uh, is something that's going to really show off on how talented he is. It's because sometimes you need guys who can think the game at a really high level to know when somebody's going to be doing something yeah, just exactly. unbelievable, kind of thing, right? That's exactly my thinking. So I, I'm really excited for his top end. Um, next, I have at eight, I have uh, Aturadi. I thought you might have that. Okay. And then uh, at nine, I have Bobby Brink. Sure. Um, he had a really he had a redeeming season this year, I thought. And then uh, and then I put Alex Turcott at number wow. ten. Okay. Uh, I really didn't know where to put Turcott just because of his injuries uh, mm -hmm. in this past year, right? And he, he really has underperformed in the last uh, last two years. Yeah. So, but I, I I put him there. There was another guy, and we'll, I'll talk about about him a little bit later. But um, another guy that it was really close actually between him and Turcott for that number ten. Right. Interesting. Okay. So, so were, were there was there anybody that uh, didn't make that top ten list that you think should have been in there? Yeah, I was looking at Adam Rosica for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I might have yep. overrated, um, but yeah, I, I I like I like what he brings. Um, I like what he brings to your lineup. I think he's a good uh, good complement to um, some of the other forwards that you got going there. I'm also a little bit of a sucker for for Flames picks. I, I just I really like how they've been drafting and developing. Mm -hmm. and that that weighs in a bit for me. Um, plus, I think uh, guys coming out of those sort of under scouted areas like um, like Slovakia, um, easy to overlook them, and uh, likewise get some good value out of it. Like he he looked really good to me in. Um, you know, his somewhat limited uh, Flames audition this year. Um, and certainly was, you know, knocking it out of the park uh, in the AHL. So, seems like a kid who just needs an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I have to say, at the draft, I was thrilled to get him. Um, as I thought, like, his draft year, he was extremely inconsistent. Uh, but when he, when he was on, he was fantastic and and like with a really big frame, uh, he just dangled. He just really dangled a lot of some guys. And the inconsistency, uh, uh, you know, I kind of looked for that. And that's great because it drops you down a lot. But if you can put it together, it's, it can be really good. So I'm really hoping he turned. He's turned. He's really uh, turned a corner on that consistency thing. And you're not going to play for Sutter if uh, if you can't show consistency. No, so, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I, he's another guy I'm thrilled with. He's not the guy that I would have put there. That uh, that was in that. Um, do who do I put there? The guy that I it was tough to call between Turcotte and and him was uh, Matthias Samuelson. Yeah, I was who, wondering if he might be on your list. Yeah. yeah, who I think is perfect for the SICHL because yeah. he's going to play tons of penalty killing he's, minutes. He's a meat and potatoes defenseman. <laughs> he's going to be. I'm really hoping for down the road a really high defensive rating for a long time with some leadership. I mean, he was a captain of that U.S. that oh, that's incredible right. U.S. DT, DT team. Yeah, and captained uh, his his uh, Western Michigan team. Yes, and he went straight to captain at Western Michigan. Had a really good and and has actually jumped into uh, the Sabers and played yeah. really well with the Sabers too. Uh, even sometimes up on the top pairing, um, but right. I mean, I mean that's a Sabers defense that well, before yeah, Power got there, you know, wasn't looking. For. So, anyways, yeah. Um, ah, anybody else? The pick. We'll play. Nope, that's. Uh, I think you covered it. Okay, I had a couple other guys that that uh, maybe not in the top ten, but that I, I did like outside, and that's um, uh, Ryan Johnson. 
okay. uh, I, sure. I, I think he can, uh, there's another Buffalo defenseman who I, yeah. who's a great, great puck mover uh, from the back end. Doesn't have the inside the blue line for the, in the offensive zone, doesn't have the, quite the offensive game there, but he's that uh, makes, makes the play out of the zone with control um, so many times. So him, um, Klim Koston and uh, Richevsky, who was really happy to pick up late in this past draft. So he's, uh, he had a decent year in the KHL this year. All right, let's move on to the Brandon Weekings. Yes, let's. Um, <laughs> this was maybe the most difficult of the Canada West teams to evaluate. Uh, just given that there isn't a whole lot to evaluate. <laughs> Sorry to say, Doug. Um, questionable as well on that top five. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure that that's the order or even who I would have in the list. But, right. uh, but let's give it a go anyway. Um, Tanner Kaspik. Being honest, not a player that I'm familiar with, but uh, my, my very quick Googling uh, suggested that he's um, probably an ECHL, AHL kind of tweener. Um, I know he's on an entry-level contract, with whatever team picked him up, but um, yeah, I, oh, yeah, okay, good luck, top prospect. Um, Stelio Matheos, a uh, guy that I'm at least somewhat familiar with because he's a, a WHL kid. Um, and I forget exactly how many points he had. In fact, I'm going to bring it up right now because I remember it being a ridiculous number in his final season down there. Uh, yeah, he had back-to-back 90-plus point seasons for, uh, mm. for the the actual Wheat Kings, which I suspect is why Doug was interested in him in the first place. Um, plus, he was the captain in his last season there, which is pretty cool. And um, I think he was I think he was Doug's first pick at the at the summit. Oh, right, you are good snag. Yep, yep, that's a classic. So, um, you know, we know he's got talent, he's got hands, um, mm -hmm. might be a kid lacking in opportunity. Um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a double-edged sword getting drafted by a, a franchise as deep as the Hurricanes. Good luck clawing your way to the front of that pack. They're just good at every position. Yeah, they're so deep. That's it's scary. So that's, I mean, that's, that's a model for just about any, any developing franchise. In the yeah. Um, love how they do things over there. Um, he's having a lot of trouble putting it together, uh, playing pro hockey. He's just not not finding the points um, at any level. He's played even a few ECHL games and was donuts across the board. So not looking promising. He he, he smells like a future European, like Italian league or Swiss player. Um, what else we got? We've got uh, Nick Henry, um, Avalanche draft pick, if I recall, and I'm pretty sure he's on a level contract as well but he is very much a, a future ECHLer not really a heck of a lot to go off there um, former WHL kid and he had some some playmaking prowess back then but that's uh, that's going on four years ago and he's put together a grand total of about 20 points in subsequent three professional seasons so not looking great for him unfortunately um, Alex Green uh, an actual draft pick as opposed to a unsigned free agent which is kind of cool mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, kind of continuing the trend. He's likely a career minor leaguer. Uh, he is on his entry-level contract, but it's with Tampa. And you know how Tampa works with these things. They they try you out. Um, they've got a pretty pretty good, I think, um, development system down there with Syracuse. 
And if they like what they see, they give you a shot on the on the big club, and they give you about five games to work it out, see if they'll still like you, and otherwise they punch you back down and forget about you. He hasn't had that cup of coffee yet to really prove himself, and he has at least put up a few points, um, 26 points, 73 games this year as a defenseman. Which, you know, that's that's pretty respectable, even at the AHL level. Um, so maybe maybe that cup of coffee is forthcoming. Who knows? He's competing with guys like uh, uh, Jack Perbix, who's a, just so happens to be a, a Schooners uh, prospect. Uh, Tampa does have a good number of those kind of like long shot, late round defensemen that they just kind of call on and groom. Very impressive development system as well. Uh, and then fifth is none other than famous Vegas Golden Knight first ever player, Reed Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a uh, He's a fun kind of sentimental player for a lot of guys. Um, he was a late round pick by the Minnesota Wild, but they they didn't ever sign him and lost his rights, and uh, that's what allowed uh, the Golden Knights to to scoop him up. Um, and sadly, he's never played for the Golden Knights. He has not played one game for them. Um, he's been a Chicago Wolves and then subsequent Henderson Silver Knights guy. Not even a scorer with them, so he's he's looking like a career minor leaguer as well. Uh, yeah, that's our top five. Um, okay. Yeah, fire away. Yeah. Okay, we'll go into the top, the, the next five in the in the so so six through ten, of course. I'm curious who else um, is on this list? Yeah. One of these guys I would have definitely put up uh, right up at the top, but okay. uh, um, Ryan Wagner was number six. That is not the guy. Yes. Um, okay, I've never heard of him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon Hickey. Um, okay. Comes up next at seven. Okay. Isaac Rosen at there number eight. There we go. Let's, first so Doug, get on this list and uh, move him on up because uh, <laughs> yeah, although there is a player that I'd put right up there with him that's not in the top ten. But uh, anyways, yeah. Isaac Rosen at number eight goes right up there. Uh, Jake Chason um, okay. right. at number nine and Alexander Elaine at number ten. Now, Doug, Doug, killing me. Two other guys I would put in there. <laughs> And now, now, in all fairness, Doug keeps his team in the playoffs, uh, and and or right, right in the right in the mix for the playoffs all the time by moving by moving picks, right by moving uh, picks to 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 get there, and and he's done an absolutely fantastic job of it, right? Um, nope, there's no questioning it, really. But it it has hurt this. Um, uh, this pipeline for sure. Uh, okay, so guys not in the top 10 nope. with a bullet to number one for me, Logan Thompson. Oh, so, yeah, there we go. <laughs> like Logan Thompson we could have said that in not stereo. in the top 10 here. And he's number one, even ahead of Isaac Rosen for me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But he's, he's an actual NHL goalie. Yes. He and that this year. He almost he almost took uh, Vegas to the oh. playoffs after they were you know just what a so far out. He had there. a really good season. Um, yeah, Logan Thompson. He's also yep. got uh, another goalie back warm that uh, would fit in the top ten for oh, me. Oh, would you? Okay, he, he's yeah. not on my radar at all. Yeah, and then well, sorry, this top ten, <laughs> and then uh, and Ben Jones as well might might fit into that okay. top ten as well. So. Uh... What's your take on uh, young Maple Leafs prospect Mac Hollowell? Is Mac Hollowell on this list? I believe I, he is. 
All right, where is Matt? Because I remember, I remember. Said an OV there, there he is. There he is. Okay, I missed that's, it. Yeah. That's a guy I'd have in the top five. Myself. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. He's, I just went my own mind that one for some reason. I remember in the draft. Uh, now he was an overager, if, if I'm not mistaken, in his oh, draft. That may, that may well be. Drafted, right? Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll give that to you. Um, anyways, he, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I because I recall thinking about him in maybe the third round, if I'm mm. not mistaken. But uh, uh, anyways, yeah, Mac Hollowell, definitely into that top ten. So in other words, yes, the pipeline is growing. Sure. All right. Let's move on to Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> to the Calgary Mustangs. Let's. Let's. Uh, this was an easy list, list for me to go here. Quite the list. Um, disagree strongly on number five being anywhere in the top ten myself, but uh, yes. I'm sure I'm sure Bertie has his reasons. Um, but yeah, the, the first four are pretty unimpeachable. Um, let's kick it off with an absolute superstar in the making, Robert Thomas. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a guy that I know is keeping Sean up at night. Because the St. Louis boys, and yeah, probably. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Um, I think Austin is getting a guy like that at, at 26 so. yeah, in any year is, is yeah. just obscene. The guy put up 77 points, mm -hmm. in, what 72 games this year. Um, minutes have uh, have flagged a little bit in the playoffs, as is so often the case with younger guys. He's been overshadowed yeah. by uh, by O'Reilly and Shen, two real veterans, guys with cup pedigrees, um, defensive stalwarts. So that's that's not altogether surprising. Um, you give a guy like Thomas, uh, who's a little flashier, a little more dangerous, some sheltered minutes, but, uh, but yeah, he'll find his way. I'm sure he'll route out his game. And he's going to be making Matt very happy for the next like 15 years. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, number two is a guy I really like, but wouldn't necessarily have at number two myself. Um, is Fabian Loisel. Uh I actually forget who drafted him. I want to say the Bruins. Does that sound right? Yeah, I believe so. Fantastic. Look at that. Go memory. Um, <laughs> I, I know him not for his draft status, but because uh, he plays for our local team, the Vancouver Giants. Although they're more semi-local because they play in Langley. I don't drive that far. Um, he's, God, he's shifty. He's elusive. He's creative. Um, he's kind of all the things you would expect a, an imported Swede in the WHL to, uh, to be and look like. He's anchoring that top line. He's even making uh, Zach Ostapchuk look uh, look like quite a talent, um, which I know Pat is enjoying. Um, and, yeah, Pat's screaming at me right now because he thinks the line goes the other direction. It does not. That's all they saw there. Um, yeah, but he's an interesting player. He's got a lot of skills, so uh, that's a solid pick right there. The guy I really like at number three, Billy Heinola, Heinola, however you pronounce that, uh, Winnipeg Jets kid. This is this is kind of the classic um, young skilled defenseman, just not getting the opportunity. In my opinion, he should have been up with uh, with the big club all year. Um, they kind of wasted him, and he lost a lot of games just sitting right in pine. Um, I think he was nursing some injuries as well, which is a tough one because you kind of lose your spot in the in the, the rotation, the lineup, um, kind of out of sight, out of mind when you're on the shelf. So. He hasn't played much hockey in the last few years. Like, I'm just checking the tally here. Like, less than I want to say less than 70 or 80 professional games in three years. Right. Um, has played a lot of international hockey though, so that's that's kind of cool to see. 
um, yeah, I just I think he's super talented. Um, could even be kind of like a low range top pairing defenseman who's you know, sheltered a bit by a, a more rounded um, partner. Um, I don't think he's an all situations guy necessarily. I don't think this is a kid you're going to throw it under penalty kill, but you know he's smart enough. He could he could learn that side of it if he's uh, good on the stick work and positioning. So who knows? Really cool player. Uh, mm-hmm. Very jealous. Number four. This is a guy that I know. Matt just adores. Um, I think as much as anything because he was he was calling his shots, picking him. This is uh, Matthias Michelli. Um, took him 63rd overall, and it is very good value at that range. But he still took him a full like almost 40 picks earlier than he went in uh, in the NHL um, to I think it was Arizona. Um, so like I mean I'm sure Matt's not unique in this, and I, I I'm right on board with it. When you call your shot like that and you take a guy early and they pan out and there's still good value, like there's there's really nothing better. Those guys become your absolute favorite player. Um, and he's looking like an actual gamer. Like this is this is not a guy who's gonna be a superstar or anything, but he's he's got some potential. He could be one of those middle six guys that rounds out a lineup and sneaks on the power play and puts up points in tricky moments. Um, I think he can actually drive a line. He's a really creative kid. I don't think he's just a complimentary player. Um, really good playmaker. I mean, you look at the damage he's done in the AHL and then kind of sneaking some points in in his NHL debut. So, um, yeah, got a good one there. It's really exciting. And then what I was alluding to, who the hell is Brandon Coe? <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God. Um, this, is, this guy was not on my radar at all. Maybe that's more telling about me than it is anyone else. Um, I, I see that he's on the Sharks ELC. I see that he's gigantic. He's like six foot four. He's a fourth rounder. Um, and I see that he, he's coming off a massive season uh, for the North Bay Battalion. 101 points, 62 games. Um, mega damage in the playoffs this year as well with 18 and 8. So that's incredible. Um, I just, honest to God, it's like this guy never existed until I saw his name today. Um, <laughs> you, you got anything to add on this kid? I, I remember in the, him in the draft uh, year. Now, I wasn't huge on him in the draft. The, the, all of the uh, all the rankings had him higher than I did. And obviously okay. I missed. I missed on that because he is good. But, um, yeah, I was, not a, I was not a huge fan uh, mm-hmm. in relation to where – a lot of people had him and I, I was way off. Uh, but, uh, there are, there are definitely guys later that like on his, uh, on Matt's team that I would have had ahead of him. Oh as yeah. Well. Absolutely. At least five <laughs> that I can see there. And it's funny, the Matthias Michelli, I had three guys that I wanted in the third round. Well, I had a lot more than that, but <laughs> I had three guys I was looking at when I was, when I was picking and uh, there was Kajovic, uh, Michelli and, uh, and Tepley. And uh, I went with Kadrovich right before he picked McJelly. And I went over <laughs> there because, oh boy, oh. I missed on that one. Like, McJelly was just fantastic. So, yep. yeah, good job, Matt. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well done. I love that one. Um, okay, here's, got on there? You can yeah, here's who he has at six uh, Vili Koivinen. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, nice player there for sure. Sure. Um, really, actually, he's uh, he's another guy that's really um, stepped up and we've been way better than than I was looking at. Um, uh, at seven, Zachary Jones. Uh, okay. You know, and 
that uh, he's a good offensive defenseman that on a really deep Rangers team. Um, I believe he's on the Rangers. I have to look again, but uh, but I mean, I don't know if he's actually on the Rangers just because they are uh, <laughs> they're so deep. Lefty, mm. Zach Dillon's defenseman, and it's of course, race. yep, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's a yeah, he has some solid skills from the back end there for sure. Um, but uh, it's it's going to take some time before he can take that step on there because, like I, I, well, you know, and, and teams move guys around, but um, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of offensive talent. Okay, let's uh, move on to his uh, eight guy, Daniel Gushin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of offense, right there. And then nine merit who's gonna do who's gonna off. I really wanted him in his draft year. That's a guy uh, that I actually have here. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, didn't I did I was upset with Matt once again. Okay. And at number 10, Alex Nadelkovich. And man, did he have a great start to this season. He's, he's still a prospect. He, I don't know how he's still a prospect. You're right. Dear he is God, well, I, is I, Matt just hasn't uh, hasn't uh, put him in. He's played right? 36 I mean, NHL games for SICHL. Right? It's SICHL games, and he wasn't he wasn't playing a ton of NHL games before this year. Yeah, okay. He, this will change because he will. Uh, I'm sure he will be playing some SICHL games next year. I dare um, say that's probably my top, like my number one guy then, <laughs> or, or number two, number two. Number yeah, two. behind Thomas. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. on throwing. Well, I, li- I like Lizelle and Highland. He's got so many. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so, so there are some guys here that are not in that top 10. And I like that top 10. Yeah. Uh, but there's some guys in, that are not in that top 10 that yeah. could, could make that top 10, which is a fantastic top 10, and could make so many other other teams' top fives. Um, number one for me is Jacob Perot. Absolutely. You know, I, oh, and Matt, Matt knows this. I love Jacob Perot. Yeah. I've asked Matt about him a number of times. That's um, a guy in his top five as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Philip Kurashev. Sure. Another guy that's... Uh, this is an you know, actual like, bona fide NHLer. NHL, yeah, exactly. Right. What, what are we um, grabbing for other than guys that can play? Right. Uh, John Beecher. Uh, right. You know what? Not maybe, t- definitely not top five, but I mean, he could push. He could push maybe for that top ten. But and I guess not if we're putting pro or... Oh. Uh, or Kurashev in there, also. Yeah, we have to I, take I two that. other guys out then, right? Exactly, so, exactly. You know. not, not a guy I'd have in my ten. Yeah, myself yeah. has dropped off. But but, but another decent player for sure, right? Another you know, yeah. uh, Leaf fans out there, Eric, Eric. Now, how do you say the last name? Shalgren or Calgren? I, I think it's Shalgren. Yeah, Shalgren. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, so yeah, Eric Shalgren. Yep, another he's, he's there. right. Uh, so yeah, and. Yeah, uh, Jesse Jesse Ilonen, um on uh, Canadians there. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a, a real home run swing. That's a guy who's right. not going to be pay, playing in a uh, a bottom six role. No, yeah, um, boomer bust. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I got two other guys. I'm surprised mm-hmm. you haven't mentioned uh, Alex Alexeyev. Yes, I I that's this is another guy who's he's never going to be um, you know wowing you. Flair style kind of offensive skating through traffic, 200 foot kind of guy. That's just not his game. Um, he reminds me a lot of like Rusty Klesla back in the old Blue Jackets. Okay. Days. Um, I mean, that's likewise, that's a, a you know, former first rounder that kind of 
shone fairly brightly early on and got overrated and really he always got overrated in the right? EA NHL games. Oh, massively. I Every always year. I always like made a trade for Klesla in those in those uh, yeah. in those leagues because yeah. I knew it. He would become in those leagues, and of course, he got ahead. You know, so. exactly. <laughs> and he was, of course, never that in real life. Like these, these are guys that are probably better suited in like mid pair, maybe even like bottom four sort of roles. Right, right, right. Um, but I, I think he's very solid. This is a guy who should be, you know, a, a steady ten-year NHL career. So I'm a fan of him. Okay. And then um, a goalie that I'm a really big fan of, Arvid Holm. Okay. I'm sure, he's on on the radar for anybody, um, but. He's just been so steady, consistent, put up really, really good numbers um, in, in Sweden before coming over this year. He, admittedly, he struggled a bit with, uh, with the Moose. Um, he was outperformed by his, his goalie competition there. But you know, he played 24 games. Um, he got some North American hockey under his belt. Um, he's still under contract with the Jets as far as I know. And if he, if he comes back to the A and shows that he's learned a bit. I, I think he could be a legit um, legit backup goalie down the line. Yeah, I'm a fan. Okay. Excellent. And there's one, there's a name on this, and it's not probably not a name that, you know, there's so many great names in this in this league. Uh, and it's probably not one that anybody else looks at and thinks, oh, what a great name. But for me, and I followed him in his draft year for sure, uh, a Swiss player, Valentin Newsbomber, oh, just because yes. of Dumb and Dumber. Every time I see his name, I just think of of uh, Mrs. Newsbom and uh, <laughs> and those dogs. So uh, nice. I just <laughs> I love it. Anyways, so good on Matt to have Valentin Newsbomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, <laughs> love it. Okay, let's move. So fantastic group in Calgary. There. Let's move on to Edmonton. The Edmonton Let's. Supersonics and yes. another team in the still in the playoffs in the SICHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really a, an interesting one. They're going to have the commissioner and co-commissioner uh, facing off against each other. So lots, uh, lots on the line there. So let's let's start there. Why don't you go with uh, start up their top five? Let's do it. Um, this is a very very strong group. Envy of many teams in the league. Cole Sillinger at number one. Um, and that's really hard to argue with, given his uh, honestly very surprising standout performance rookie season with the, uh, the Blue Jackets. Um, like snapped or sniped him 11th overall. I think he was 12th in uh, in real life. Uh, I, I I was really looking forward to seeing him play for the Medicine Hat Tigers, thinking that there was actually a shot. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna come back and play WHL. Yeah. <laughs> He was an NHL-ready player. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, I mean, his, his ratings aren't going to be astounding or anything for, like, next year. He'll probably be useful, but more likely better uh, better utilized, sheltered in the uh, the GHA and then called up as needed if, if there's a scoring line. Yeah, you know what he but, could uh, do? <laughs> uh, Mike could go for that goal, the gold points next year with a guy like Cole exactly. Soldier, like, just just getting that morale way up down in the GHA and then bringing them on in. So, you As know, I, Mike I know would that Mike ever, would be really big on that. Oh, I, I'm sure Mike would happily stoop to <laughs> such shenanigans as you would have to call them. Um, so, yeah, that's a really interesting player. And then, uh, my God, Noah Dobson. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. maybe he should actually be number one, honestly, mm-hmm. just based on how the season has gone. What did he put up, like, 50-something points for the Islanders this year as a defenseman? That's... He's that's so obscene. Um, 
he he's Islander. The Islanders are interesting the way that they they handled their um, their defense, or at least did with uh, Nova Scotia Schooners' favorite coach Barry Trotz. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. As far as the Islanders are concerned, um, soon to be Winnipeg Jets coach, I guess. Anyway, they really like to spread out their ice time. They don't have a clear-cut number one defenseman. Uh, they've got three guys that all average about 21 and a half, 22 minutes a night. And this year, Dobson was one of them. So he's he is, for all intents and purposes, like a, a top-pairing, you know, 1B uh, kind of defenseman. Um, the only thing that's sort of lacking for him, he's not really trusted with, uh, with the heavy defensive, um, you know, own zone starts and penalty kill. So if he ever adds that, that that puts him firmly into that upper echelon of the all-situation 24, 25-minute-a-night kind of defenseman that we all absolutely covet. And in the meantime, he's still just an incredibly useful, point-producing, two-way guy. Um, so, yeah, what a what an absolute stud there. Um, here's when I, where I start to disagree with Mike a little bit. Um, he's got Hendrix Lapierre in the third spot. Um, and that's nothing against Lapierre. He's just, he's not my, not my favorite player. Um, haven't seen a ton of it, admittedly, so that's, that's more like numbers biased than anything else. And I know there was that whole controversy about him being like a shoe-in for, for the World Junior team and then not making it. So um, maybe I'm a little bit biased on that myself. But nevertheless, it's hard to dispute based on his performance. He, he looks like he's a guy who's got um, at least middle six potential, if not top six. Um, Number four is my very favorite. I was so excited to be able to talk about this player. Philip Roberg. So for those of you, uh, this, is, this may bore some of you, but for those of you who uh, follow our Twitter shenanigans, I made a bet with Mike that uh, not only would Philip Roberg not be one of the three best defensemen taken in his 2019 draft, he wouldn't even be the third best Swedish defenseman taken in that year. <laughs> And Mike was naturally incensed as a rabid Edmonton fan himself um, and disagrees strongly with that. But at the end of the day, when I tried to get him to pony up a, a specific wager, he backed out. Cowardice. Cowardice, <laughs> I say. Um, and I stand by that bet. I, uh, I watched a little bit of Broberg in his call-ups. I was not impressed with him. I get that he lit the AHL on fire this year. I get that he was very impressive down there, that he has the makings of an all-situations guy. He's a great skater. They just go like, blah, 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 blah. It's great. Um, did he look that great in the NHL? I'm sorry. And there are not just three. I would even say four Swedish defensemen taken into that draft that I, I would favor over Broberg at this point. Um, you could probably guess who they are, but uh, yeah. That's that's where I'm at. I'm sticking to my guns on this one. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, sorry. I'll no, please, please feel free to wait. Well, controversial. I, this is this is one of those that where time will tell, right? Like yes, for, especially for the. Won't know this one for ten years, probably. Pretty, yeah, I mean, I think even in another three years, we're gonna see two, three years. We'll really start to see where they kind of start to line up and rank. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, this, it'll be interesting. That's for sure. Yes, sir. It will at that. <laughs> Number five, Isaac Lundstrom. This is the guy I would have had for myself. Um, super, super impressed uh, anytime I've, I've tuned in to a Ducks game. 
Um, I think he was just an absolute steal at, uh, where was he now, 23rd overall in that other league, 22nd um, mm-hmm. by Mike. You should be very, very pleased with that pick. Um, I, I with Between him and, uh, and Zegris, I mean, those are your two faces of that Ducks franchise going forward, in my opinion. Such an impressive young player. Um, we go with them until he's in his mid to late 30s, I dare say. So, yeah, great, great player there. That rounds out our top five. All right. Yeah, that's, I had a couple picks before that. And, uh, well, I mean, you know, he was, uh, I actually traded, he had 17 as well. Um, and I had 20, 22 where Lundestrom went there. And I mm. uh, traded up to get Valeno. And, uh, <laughs> and that's not, that's well, not I mean, <laughs> Valeno, I moved on from Valeno. Valeno's done all right, done well. Sure. Um, sure. But, it looked like uh, a great pick at the time. I have to say, I think I think Alundis is a thing. fantastic pick, and he said he wanted one of those two guys, anyways, right? Lundestrom or Verlena. He said he was going to be really upset if I took Lundestrom as well at mm. uh, twenty or twenty-one, because then he would not not have gotten one of the two centers that he wanted there. Um, and I think he got the he got a fantastic player and got the guy. So good good on him for for grabbing that there. Okay, at number six, he has Marcus Niemelainen. Wow, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's... Right. At number seven, a, he, has Max, he has Max Jones, and I'm wondering yeah, if that go. changes uh, after this year, if Max drops a little bit after mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. Uh, he, what Tough. a re-rate he had last year for, for this year, right? As a, At his age, um, I was... I was blown away by that, and I I think it drops a lot. Yeah, uh, this next guy is a guy I would have moving up, and there's another guy as well down the road that I'd have moving up, but um, Ty Delandria. There we go. I really like Ty Delandria. Yeah. And uh, and he, he had really hasn't gotten so much of the opportunities, and he really played well. I watched that Calgary-Dallas series, and he, did, while not getting much ice time, mm-hmm. he was one of their better forwards, in my opinion, out there. Mm-hmm. Um, he really, for that little bit of ice time that he had, he, he, uh, he showed it and he's always had, you know, he's been, he was on that team that, uh, oh, what is that? The Saginaw team through all of that crap that mm. they went through. Uh, he wanted to be there. He stuck there. Uh, he, he was a leader there. Um, he had nobody around him and he continued to do great things there. So. Uh, really like Ty Gelandria. Um, yeah, I'd have him moving up. Will Kyle, he has number nine. Okay. Uh, and then uh, another guy I'd have moving up, Shakir McMadulin. Yep, there we are. Yeah, um, I'd have him up a little bit higher, but you know, to each their own. And uh, but I like McMadulin, and I thought he got such a rough ride when he was when he got picked. Um, but and I, I'm like, I like this guy. I think he's mm-hmm. uh. Uh, he's another polarizing guy, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, and I'm on the Mukhamadulin side for sure. Uh, okay, so that's his top 10. There's a couple guys I have outside the top 10. Anybody you're looking outside that top 10? For sure. Um, yeah. A couple goalies. Yes. Uh, I, am a, I am a Connor Ingram truther. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of this kid. Um, I mean, kid, he's, he's barely a prospect at this stage. Um, just based on age, but uh, yeah, nevertheless, I'm, I'm a real fan. Um, 
He showed yeah, it when he, he got it. thrown in the fire there against the uh, Avs, right? And it looked great. Yeah. yeah he, he did his best with it. Um, and it really tough story, too. I don't know if you've read any of the uh, the stuff that was published about him recently and um, his, uh, his his dealings with obsessive-compulsive disorder and addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a tough run of it. He's come out of the other side and um, gained some, some really important life skills out of it uh, in addition to treatment, which is amazing so good on him um and on top of that his actual goalie skills he's he's fun to watch he's um kind of your your prototypical whl goalie like he's you know he's he's a pretty good sized kid he sticks to his posts he goes down maybe sometimes a bit too early he's kind of a classic butterfly guy um but for me he sees traffic really well um you can see his head on a swivel when he's when he's really engaged in the game i mean that's that's something that i think Practically every goalie struggled with was staying focused for 60 minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders and um, really like where where that's going for him. I, I feel for him that he's going to be competing with Askarov as early as next season. Um, I also quite like Brett Brochu, mm-hmm. a very, very wise free agent signing um, by Mike that uh, were I not competing for a three-peat, I absolutely would have bid significantly higher than he did. <laughs> uh, I think that's a steal getting that 2.7-ish mil because then he's, he's on a two-way deal by the time he's, I think, 20 or 21. Um, and this is a kid that I think is looking pretty darn likely to be drafted this year. Um, yeah. Funny story well, on this. I, I actually... He, sorry? Sorry, didn't he uh, play? Like, uh, did, he, did he start some games for Canada at the World Juniors? Well, the two games. Uh, he did started he, did he play one of them? He started a game, yeah. And he also, and he was um, so the reason he's rated, and this I emailed Mark and Mike about this. He played one singular AHL game yeah. during the crazy COVID season, and mm-hmm. that got him a re-rate because of how good he's a ratings guy. So right. I emailed because, and I will admit to this, selfishly, I knew I wouldn't be able to afford to bid on him in free agency, <laughs> and I wanted him to be in the draft. So I. Right. <laughs> this is Mark is or Mike, Mike is Mike is banging his desk right now over my shenanigans. I know it, but yeah, that's that was the main motivation for me. Um, he Fair shouldn't enough. be rated this one game. It was ridiculous. There <laughs> was a special rule just because of COVID. This doesn't make any sense. He's going to be drafted. Don't do it. But they, yeah. they just went with the ratings anyway. And um, whether whether or not he was on Mike's radar before my email, I I don't know. I would love to hear it from him if he's willing to uh, to share that over a beer at the summit. Um, truthfully, whether or not he had ever even heard of the kid before I sent that email that damned myself. And here we are. <laughs> Will he be? So I don't know if this has ever happened before. Has there been another player that has been rated before he has been drafted? Not that I've ever seen. Okay. Uh, that so good on Mike to have for having that player as well. If that's if he's the only guy, what a guy to have on your team. Yep. That's just something pretty cool. Exactly. So that's a that's a good one. Well done. Um, and I got a couple other players on here, but I'm curious if you've picked them as well. Who's who's on your list? So I got another goalie, Vimelka. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah, of, course, of course. How did I miss him? Yeah, Carl Vimelka was one of, uh, I mean, you know, his number, his favorite name wasn't there. anything right home of, but he was on a horrible, horrible Arizona team. Sure. And and he kept them in a lot of games uh, for many for many of those games, right? Uh, he, yeah. 
So and, call Vemelka. And, and probably most importantly about Vemelka is I get to hear Norm say Vemelka over and over <laughs> and over again on that, uh, that EA YouTube of his. Love it. Yes. Vemelka. Vemelka. <laughs> uh, William Stromgren. Sure. Another guy that I like. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dimitri Samarokov. Now, don't know. Like, he, boy, he sure had, he looked pretty good. Um, coming out of junior and and really trying for that Oilers, trying out for that Oilers team and stuff. Mm -hmm. Except that, except at the World Juniors, when I just kept seeing him put passes behind guys breaking out of the zone. Uh, but he looks to have cured that. And and I like Sam Rokov. And what a steal. I think he got him in the fifth round or something. Uh, and this guy could play um, minutes on a decor uh so awesome anyways yeah. uh, just not it wouldn't make the top 10 but i just i really like sure. that uh having that in the pipeline for him yeah. i like it too um what do you think of uh robert mastro simone so i've i'm not and i know mike is big or was big at least uh after the draft on robert uh, master simone he um he was really happy to get him and we talked about him at uh at so at a hockey game and uh, I've I've never been as big on him, mm. um, and he hasn't he hasn't blown me away since either. But um, yeah, the, the, he was in that group with Farinacci and 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 a bunch, and he he's never been my um, I wasn't as high as a lot of people on him. I'll just say that. But, but I mean, he is he is a good player in the in the pipeline. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and you never know what you know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah. Beauty. Okay. But yeah, those other those goalies, like three goalies outside that top ten that could make that top ten, They're right? All very interesting. Yeah, Mike, Mike's done a really good job of assessing um, discount goalie talent. And he's way. moved a number of guys away, right? Yeah. He he had a lot of goalies, and he thought, oh, I have too many he, he in the pipeline. I think, and he and he's and he can move and he can move them for. Good pieces. Then yeah. what? That's that's fantastic. It Asset seems like management. he's actually got an eye for the goaltending. I don't think it's luck. Like he's done it enough yeah. times where he's moved the guy who didn't pan out and kept mm -hmm. the guy that did. I think that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty impressive. I agree. I agree. So if you're trading for a goalie from Mike, be wary. <laughs> Probably doesn't like him anymore. <laughs> it's like the gee the gee rule of trading. Why is gee offering me this prospect? Hmm. What does he know? <laughs> All right, let's move on to Vancouver Island and the Norsemen. Sure. Uh, all right, Matt. Yeah. Another Matt. Matt McInnes, fellow lower mainlander, um, he of Port Moody. Um, he's got a pretty great top five here, uh, yes. led by <laughs> none other, the SICHL infamous Owen Power. The gold rule. The gold rule. <laughs> Gold, uh, and, and he didn't and, and he didn't even win that first overall pick. But he didn't need to. He got his guy. He didn't need to. He got his guy. He got his so, guy, yeah. It was a moral victory for Matt. Um, yeah. And I know he is beyond thrilled with Bauer. Uh, oh, had, yeah. a, had a heck of a debut for the Sabres in his you know little eight-game stint there. And it looks like he's going to just step immediately onto that uh, you know 23-minute-a-night kind of ice time expectation. Um. Yeah, had a had a really impressive uh, NCAA career, of course, uh, with Michigan, and um, 
is probably set to anchor the Norseman's blue line for 15 plus years. So yeah, I'll, I'll agree with him at number one on his list. Yep, mission accomplished there. Yeah. Number two is one of the Swedish defensemen I prefer over Broberg <laughs> is Victor Soderstrom. Um, he well, he Arizona. did go higher than he did go higher did. than Broberg in the draft, he right? Did. Not, the, I mean, not the not, in the, not in the other league, but in ours, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, fully agree with that choice. Uh, that's right. He went like 30th, I think. Uh, oh, wait, no, no. He went 11th overall to Arizona. Who am I thinking of? Mm -hmm. Never mind. Anyway, um, yeah, he had, um, shall we say, a, a difficult 16 games with Arizona this year. Mm -hmm. uh, did not put up any points. But I want to remind everybody, this is Arizona we're talking about. <laughs> they play in a, a mid-tier uh, colleges arena now, and they don't even have their own logo on the ice. So <laughs> that that's was, not that was one of the funniest things I, I heard all week was when I, I, I found so out they're not allowed to put their own logo at center ice. Incredible, I love it. But yeah. um, from from what little I've read, I will I fully cop to it. I haven't seen him play since uh, since the World Juniors last year, and uh, certainly since some catching some SHA games during his draft year. Um, but it uh, sounds like he, he was not out of place at all with the Tucson Roadrunners. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's, he's really interesting. He's, uh, he's a guy that seems to read the ice quite well. Um, from what I remember about it, he's, a, he's got really good vision for that, that big first like, stretch pass. But um, you know, under pressure, he's able to skate it out too. So you know, does what he needs to do in his back end. He's probably not like a, an all-situations kind of guy. I don't think he's got top top power play um, kind of chops. But, uh, you know, maybe he gets some minutes on the second unit and maybe he gets some minutes on that second PK and then he probably gets, like, top pair and tough matchups. And um, I'm speculating wildly. He could be a dumpster fire for all we know, but I, I really like him. Um, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders, which is kind of why I prefer him to Broberg. So there we are. Uh, next on the list, number three. I'm going to wreck this last name. And it's going to sound like a slur, and I apologize, but Samuel Fagamo. I hope I got that right. Um, this also isn't a guy that I'm super familiar with. I don't watch a lot of Kings games. Um, and I certainly don't watch a lot of Ontario Reign games. Um, but I did watch a little bit of his draft year. Um, I remember him. I think he was an overager, wasn't he? He was. Uh, yes, I believe he was. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, he, was, Absolutely. he was the top, top overager that year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember being impressed with him. I didn't at the time think he had much in the way of like top shelf kind of talent, but I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this is like a middle six guy. He's he'll make it. He's good. He's just not you know, not amazing. Um, and I I still stand by that. I think he's going to be a useful guy for Matt. And there's nothing wrong with getting a useful player at 57 overall. So that was a good pick. Um, probably not exactly where he should have. Dylan Dubé, on the other hand, uh, at 50 54 overall was a great pick. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of this kid. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, really fun to watch. Um, he's got a he's got a motor on him, eh? Yeah, he does. Uh, you're you're a Flames fan, are you not? Uh, I I am. I I'm am. gonna let you wax poetic about Dubé then, because you're gonna do a better job of it than me. You know what? I I really like he like you said he has a motor and he uh, he just goes goes goes. Um, I'm wondering if they might have the uh, some very very similar players in mm -hmm. uh, Pelche and Dubé. 
in mm. that they they have no quit. Um, but yeah, Dubé Dubé has has a lot of speed to go with it. Uh, he, I'm I'm questioning right now sometimes some of his decision making, but <laughs> but th- th- that's okay. Like he, we <laughs> need guys that are gonna drive through guys and that are and that are gonna get that puck no matter what. And uh, and he has he has finish. Um, and that the, when I say the, the, some questionable decision making, only once in a while, uh, he makes good plays too, right? Um, I like Dubé a lot. Uh, he serves his purpose. He was captain of the Canadian World Junior Team. Um, I've liked him all the way around. I did ask, I did inquire about him uh, early on, that's for sure. Um, did not, obviously did not uh, woo Mike or Matt enough. <laughs> um, but because uh, I know he was really high on him as well. So, um, or I don't know if he was really high on him, but he was high on him enough not to move him to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Dylan Dubé a lot as well. Um, and then coming in at five, I uh, can't disagree with this one. Uh, Avalanche player, Oscar Olison, 28th overall to the Avs back in 2021. Um, so he's a young kid, 19. Um, had a pretty respectable uh, showing in the OHL. He, he came over, played North American hockey for the first time, got traded halfway through the season, played well as well there. Um, and then uh, uh, even managed to join the Colorado Eagles for a couple playoff games. So, yeah, solid kid. Um, I don't know. He's, he's a complimentary player, but that is exactly what Colorado needs. So I think it's a, it's a, a good, sensible pick. Um, he's got some size. He's got some speed. He, you know, controls the puck fairly well. He's relatively tough on the board. Like he, he doesn't wow you in any one area. He doesn't have any exceptional skills as far as I've seen. Uh, but he's also not really bad at anything. He does a, He's kind of an everyman. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my little... Sense. Excellent. Okay, well, at Correct. number... You know, at number six, he actually had... At number six, he had... I think, I can't remember if it was six or seven. But I'll go with who I have for him at number six he had... Or who he had at six. And that's Emile Andre. And... Uh, yes. Now... I remember at the um, when we when I did the uh, the draft preview and the mock draft with um, uh, with Sylvain, mm-hmm. I had I picked Andre in the high twenties for somebody. I think it was for Kirk, and Kirk said to me afterwards, "I will not be picking that player at that <laughs> point." But thank you. But um, I remember getting shot down a bit on that on that pickup there at saying you know i really liked emil andre all the way through i think he makes such smart decisions mm-hmm. uh, he is a smaller guy he doesn't have speed to burn um and that so right there that was a uh, you know like uh well i don't know ian <laughs> but and and fair enough but boy he's sure shown it he really makes good decisions and and sometimes you can the when you're that smart you can uh slow whatever you need down to your pace and uh not that he's really slow but but he he just he doesn't have for that size he doesn't have the speed to burn that's okay because he can make all those decisions and uh and he can look guys off just so well 
Um, and he really can walk that blue line. That's another thing about him is that he can walk that blue line. He can get pucks through. I think he's going to have a good career. Uh, and he has him at six. Now, I don't know how this is possible, but the list I saw had Dylan Dubé again at seven. Uh, so, so we may need to look into that into uh, if you can put a player twice on your list. He really oh, likes Dylan Dubé to put him at four <laughs> and at seven. But uh, let's go on. So I did move on from there. Justin Sortif now yeah. at really moving him straight up to seven then from eight. Yeah. Uh, great. Man, he really has come on year. in the last two years, right? I, I may um, have been wrong about him. I was not big on him in this draft year. But, uh, yeah. yeah, right. I, I, I liked him on this draft year for sure. But uh, he's really taken another big, big step. Uh, two big steps, I think, last year and this year again. Like he's he's going to be a solid player, in my opinion. Uh, Martin Kaut at number nine, then. Yeah, that's interesting. I would have had him earlier. Yeah, um, I I I wasn't always huge on Kaut, but yeah, proving me wrong there. And Matthias Norland, uh, yeah, Norlander. Sure. At, uh, well, I guess at at ten or move it up then to nine. Right. So. So I only have a kind of a six through nine here then because okay. of because of Dylan Dubé twice. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, outside of that, I had a couple of guys. There's a lot of guys that I yeah. saw, there, but a couple that pieces. a couple that uh, that that uh, really caught my eye. One I needed. Why do I not know more about this guy? Etu Lausterinen. I know, eh? In Florida, why do I not know hey, more about this guy? I like should have been in the top five as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I I pride myself on knowing pretty much er, like what I thought was everybody in the NHL at least, <laughs> maybe not prospects, but in the NHL. And this guy had a good year. Um, yeah, play a full season. I mean, yeah, he did play a full season. He's got over a hundred NHL games. <laughs> right. Like, so yeah, really a top five prospect. That's Lesterinen, uh, Sean Farrell. Man, I like oh, Sean okay. Farrell. Yeah, and I think that was a great steal. And I, I had him up there, but uh, I guess I just didn't have enough draft picks. Mm. And uh, William Wallander as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, and then there's a number of other guys that I've circled, but I'll let you, I'll let you talk here. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I mean, Matt's, Matt's list is interesting. He's, uh, we're, we're kind of similar in our draft philosophies. We like going for the home run swings. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. So I, I feel for him that he's got Dominic Block down there. That's a guy I yeah. would, likewise would have taken super early. And, you know, sad track. Yeah, and, he, and it, I had I had Bach way up, way yeah, high, right. like up really high as well. And yeah. um, and Matt got him. And he's had a rough year this year. But tough, right? I think sent he, back to Germany. Yeah. Yeah. And then likewise, uh, Alex Nylander, another high pick who's just not not panning out. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's a, a couple tough runs of it, but. Um, I think there's a lot of room for optimism with some other guys there. Uh, Jack McBain, yes, um, for the for the Yotes. Yep. That's you know it's only ten games, but that's that's NHL experience already at age what 21, 22, mm-hmm. um, and coming off a very good career with Boston College. So yep. um, and played for Canada at the, the Olympics. How cool is yeah. that? Right, not too shabby. Um, guy, uh, a guy, a lot of Sens fans are big on Jacob Bernard Docker. Mm-hmm. Interesting player. He's um, likewise never going to be like a, a super high scoring guy, but um, yeah, I think there's there's room for him on an NHL lineup. Um, who else we got here? Joel Blomqvist, I think, is a really yeah. interesting goaltending prospect. 
Um, this is a guy who was absolutely lights out in the Liga. Um, Finnish kid, as you might have picked up from. Um, and uh, only got one game with, uh, with Woodsbury Scranton, but looked really solid in it. Um, yeah, look for him uh, to be competing on that bizarre Penguins goaltending carnival ride that we see every year. See if he can put some pressure on uh, on Jari. Um, kind of interested. This is a guy who's a little old, a little past his prime. Might not really be a, a prospect per se, but Axel Johnson Fjallby. Mm-hmm. Twenty three games with the Caps this year. Um, looked really good in the AHL by all accounts. Um, th- this is when we're kind of talking out uh, my rear, so I haven't watched him myself, but. Uh, <laughs> Reading, reading some reports and looking at the numbers, um, that sounds like a really good, like deep pick. Uh, you went fifth round to the Caps back in 2016, so patience and good late drafting maybe paying off. There. I miss anybody? Uh, one more guy I had circled, and that was uh, Dennis Chalowski. Um, okay. So, oh, interesting. That's okay. Tell me more. Uh, I, he is an NHLer. He's playing, I think he's playing full-time. So that puts him on my list here for sure. Like, if you're a prospect. Um, I know he had a tough time of it this year. He he mm -hmm, got mm -hmm. bounced after expansion and ended up mostly with with Charlotte and the AHL. Right. Sorry. But he, yeah. But I think he put up uh, a couple points, if I'm not mistaken, with Seattle before, yeah, going to Charlotte. And then how to really get him that would be. Then yeah. had a really good year in Charlotte. Um, but, yeah. Um, I feel like the hit is out on this kid for some reason. Like, this, this guy was picked up by Detroit with a first-rounder just back in 2016. Right. Hardly gets a, a real shake with them. Um, and then and, which like is really surprising for that, for that defense like core. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't get it. I feel like there's – and then for Seattle to – didn't they wait him? I don't think they even got anything losing him to Maybe. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm baffled by that. The, the kid is very clearly talented. I really liked him in his draft year. I was really impressed his rookie season with uh, Detroit because he didn't he play. One, I think he was one of the first guys out of that draft to actually land. Um, yeah, yeah and, very and that's what I was thinking. It's it's not that he played a full year this year, but he's played mm-hmm. full. At least overall, he's played a full season yeah. in NHL between, so between everything, right? So, um, yeah, he's you know. He's not. Uh, he's not some of the other guys we mentioned, but he's still. Uh, he's still. I think he can have an NHL career, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and that puts him on. That puts him on a lot of SICHL teams. Right? Fair. So, yeah. uh, all right. Let's move on uh, from the Vancouver Island Norsemen and move to another Vancouver team. This one, the Vancouver Vipers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yikes! <laughs> this one blew me away. Uh, I'll let you start with that top five, and oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. Um, what needs my to biggest, be said my, about? You'll start with my biggest miss I've ever I know, had. Right? I know, right. Right? Moritz Seider, the big German kid. Um, I mean, this is if he's not already a superstar, he he will be a household name and uh, a bona fide superstar in in very short order. Um, I think he's he should be a lock for the Calder for me for this mm-hmm. year, and Agreed. should get some Norris votes even. Uh, yeah, 
he's just got so many elements to his game. Um, it's it's kind of fascinating to me to see a kid that young play with that kind of like bravado and confidence. He reminds me a lot of Chris Pronger, um, the way he can just turn around and stand somebody up. Like that, that reverse checking that he's doing with folks. Yeah. They have him lined yeah. up, he dumps the puck off, and then he just roasts them. It's incredible. <laughs> he's so strong for his size. And you uh, keep thinking that like, the I know higher... he's 6'4", you expect him to be strong, but he's, he looks kind of lanky still to me, at least. Like, he doesn't look like a brawny dude. Um, but just very, very strong, super athletic. Um, I mean, 200-foot player, reads the room well. He can he can hit both ends of the ice easily. He did some coast-to-coast craziness this year. He's got a bomb of shots. Like, I, I don't know what else you really ask of a, a guy like that at 19. Um, so I'm very excited to have two Swedish prospects uh, hopefully playing with him next year in uh, Simon Edfinson and Albert Johansson. Um, mm-hmm. if, if they can mooch any of that, that skill off him, um, yeah, Detroit could have something really special cooking on the blue line. <laughs> he is the perfect number one defenseman, in my opinion. He, he really does is. everything, and he's so strong. He's, you know, he's that. I don't know if he's got the mean streak, but boy, he he, he sure seems yeah. to act, actually. He's to Plays me, the he's the next Chris Pronger, in yeah. my opinion. That's it, right there. He's he is that he is that good, um, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, man, did I miss! I had two picks ahead. Of, he only went at nine, and I had yeah. two picks ahead of him, and I didn't get him, and I didn't take him. I uh, because no, no, no. He's you know, <laughs> he's not that good. <laughs> yeah, he is. Re pick that draft, and it's uh, I don't know how he doesn't. I mean, Jack Hughes has been mm-hmm. incredible, mm-hmm. and I take Cider in a heartbeat. Anyways, yeah, yeah, quite quite a pick, Bryce. Well played. Yeah, yeah. Um, well done, Bryce. And it's very soon after, I was kicking myself, and I was I was uh, <laughs> sending Bryce <laughs> emails and and uh, DMs, and hey, uh, what's the chances on uh, moving cider? And there's zero chance. <laughs> zero. Yeah, that sounds about right. Bryce knew what he had immediately, <laughs> uh, and uh, good. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I hate to tell you, it doesn't really get much better for us there. Uh, number two, yeah. Jack Quinn. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, this is a guy I wasn't super, super high on in uh, in his draft year. Me too. Right? Yeah. I, like, I know he put up just buckets of points. Um, and he played he, with he Rossi, playing a, right? He played with Rossi. And that, and that was better than so, he Oh, he's, he's just a stupid team. Yeah. Yeah, that's that 67 team was was ridiculous lights yeah. out offense. So um, I, along with every other idiot in the scouting world, thought that he was just riding coattails. And nope, nope, he's a pretty legit player on his own. He uh, was near the top of the league in points um, in the AHL this year as a yes. rookie, which is stupid. And uh, and then he looked um, completely at home on the ice with the Sabers in his little two game stint at the end of the year. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, got a good one there. That, that guy's going to be in an NHL lineup next season and rating very well for you the following year. Well done. For sure. And then right after that, uh, we get another guy that I'm a huge fan of, Cole Perfetti. Mm-hmm. Perfetti Confetti, man. This guy is 
so dynamic. Um, it's not hard to see why he why he was considered a, a pretty like unanimous top ten pick, and I thought kind of incredible actually that he fell to Winnipeg at ten. I know a lot of mm. folks are like, oh, he doesn't have size; he's going to be a, a teens kind of guy. But like, on skill alone, it, it made he's no so sense smart. to drop. Right? He is so smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he he sees the way plays develop way before most of the other guys on the list do. Hundred and eleven points in his draft year is obscene, mm-hmm. and um, and he's just kind of kept going with it. Like his his rookie AHL year the year after, he produced. Um, he looked solid at the World Juniors. Uh, looked terrifying at uh, this little um, two game World Juniors that we we started. Six points in two games for Canada, wearing an A. Yeah. Um, so he's going to be just an absolute horror for opposing teams in the, the Summer World Juniors if that still goes ahead. If yeah, and that's the question: if he still even goes, right? Uh, so I really hope bother. he does go. He, he plays for the Jets now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he, he legitimately is a Jet He's now. So, if he goes, I really hope he goes. But yeah. um, he'll, he'll you know, run rough shot over these, these guys. Love it. <laughs> um, so for me, guys like this, um, when there's you know a little bit of a size thing, and they can they can kind of get squished to the perimeter by NHL defenses. Um, it's all going to be down to what kind of opportunity and coaching he gets, how quickly he pans out. Like I have no doubt he's eventually going to to be like a consistent sixty plus, even seventy something point guy regularly, um, maybe higher. I mean, he's he's that smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's you know kind of his long term floor is like sixty ish points. Um, I, I just I'd be really surprised if it's if he's like a you know a middle six tweener. He's too good for that. Um, but that being said, it could take him a while to get there. Like it, it could be a bit of a proving ground for him. If whoever comes in to Winnipeg is, you know, uh, kind of an old school coach and wants veterans and is scared of rookies, as so many older coaches are, um, maybe he gets stuck on that third line with crappy line mates and puts up 30 points a year routinely. Um, that, that's very possible. So I really hope not. Um, I, I think this is still a very astute pick. There's, yeah. there's some risk to it. I um he's one of the five that were I had ahead of my guys that I had ranked six, seven, eight mm-hmm. in um in Askrov uh oh yeah um Lindell and Jarvis. So yeah, he was in my top five for sure in that draft yeah. in that incredible draft. Yeah. And and of course Quinn was in that draft. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. Well, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh right. and then following that up, um Bryce keeps doing damage early in the draft. His third overall pick last year was Mason McTavish. Uh, this is a, a absolute bull of a strong kid. Um, really fun to watch. What, what I, when I've seen him, he's been a very north-south guy. Um, but I, I gather that he's got some dangles as well if he needs them. He really does have dangles. No, oh, does he? Okay. I, he I, looked, I'm, he looked, I'm looked not, like he was on rails the few games that I saw them. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure how how much he sees other guys out there personally, mm. but that just could be because he's just so much better than the guys he was playing with when I saw him. Right. Right. Fair. Um, Fair. But uh, so we'll see. Like, that would be the next next level for him. We'll see what he can do um, really yeah. in the NHL. Yeah, well, he had that little audition with Anaheim. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he, he had. I, such, I, I didn't see right much of it myself, yeah, so no, I can't. Nor, I can't speak I. to that. But nor did yeah. I. 
what I remember in the, the games that I watched, um, uh, I caught a, a few of his Swiss games in his draft year. Um, mm-hmm. Looked like an NHL caliber shot to me. Yeah, for sure. The kid, has a, the kid has a rocket. And uh, was there a more widely traveled player last season? The guy played for Hamilton and Peterborough in the OHL, played for San Diego in the A, Anaheim in the NHL, and then represented Canada at both the World Juniors and the Olympics. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So that's that's amazing experience for a young guy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, can only benefit from it. And um, yeah, really excited to see what Anaheim has in store for next year. I mean, that's such a cool club. I, I love the guys that Anaheim's put together there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I think McTavish is more of a complimentary player myself. Um, I, I get that the skill's there and certainly the strength, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm not very good at the scouting stuff, so I could very easily be proven wrong. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> um, so rounding us out in our our top five, uh, a goalie with an amazing name that I'm probably going to butcher. It's Uko Pekka Lukonen. I think Uko, you got it. Uko Pekka Lukonen. Sounds, yeah. like a, sounds like a kid's uh, tongue twister or something. Uko Pekka Lukonen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, this is very clearly a goalie of pedigree. Uh, he's already got some NHL experience. He played a fair bit in the AHL over the last, like, got four seasons. Um, had a very good uh, single season in the OHL. His, his first year coming over from Finland and had very impressive finish numbers too. So this is one of those guys who's just classically taken his time, proving himself at every single level as he climbs the ladders very steadily, one league at a time. He's not somebody who's just been like making big jumps, um, which is, you know, not surprising. Buffalo has had no reason to rush him along because they know they're a tire fire. They don't want to ruin a, a good young goalie. Um, so they're letting him in the season. Like a, like a nice thick piece of cherry wood before you chuck it in the fire. Um, so I, I appreciate that. And uh, his nine games he played with uh, the Sabres put up some good numbers. I mean, he lost most of them, but that's because Buffalo, as is aforementioned, a tire fire. Um, wasn't his fault. Save percentage was 917 in those nine games, of which he only won mm-hmm. two. So that, that tells you what's going on at the back end there. Um, yeah, I don't have much of a scouting report on him. I I haven't really watched him since this draft year. Um, from what I remember, he's a pretty prototypical big Finnish goalie. Like he's six four, kind of lanky, plays a kind of you know wide hybrid style, um, quick across the crease, quick to go down. Like he's a Finnish goalie, but you know there's, the, the reason there is a mold over there is because that mold is working. So, yeah, um, yeah really cool. Uh, probably the goalie of the future for the Sabres. And b- what a pipeline of goalies they have going. Mm. And that really transitions to this team in Vancouver uh, for the Vipers as well. Uh, but they, like, Buffalo has a number of fantastic goalies coming up. Um, he's at the top of the list right now because he's so ready. Um, a little bit older than some of the other guys, but um, he's showing that he's ready in my opinion uh but let's move on to some of those other vancouver viper players yes. and let's look at six through ten with all the goalies that he has here he only put one of them in his top uh, in the rest of his top ten uh so it's six through ten six in michael rasmussen a player that i was definitely down on in his draft year that's what i but 
but I mean, he's he's playing, and yeah. uh, he's you know, he's one of those guys with like so much size that it takes those guys a little bit longer. So I I'm I'm willing to give him a number of extra years to to really show what he's got. Um, Nico Mikola at uh, number seven. Uh, okay. I, I don't know a ton on about Nico Mikola. That makes two <laughs> All right. Number eight, Logan Mayu. Uh, oh. Ah. Yeah. You know, and this is funny because I looked on LSI. I'm like, doesn't Bryce also have Tony Delangelo? He does. <laughs> Bryce. I'm like, is of this a trend? The, when I saw this, I'm all like, oh, the GMs boy. in the league that you expected to, to turn up and be the, the draft villain. <laughs> Might have yeah. been one of the last. Who would, have, who would have thought it was Bryce? Unassuming, <laughs> kindly library marketer Bryce. Like this is, this is the guy that comes in to be the the shit taking the sex abusers. I love it. It's, oh man! Don't you have a player on the team that you that you picked up this year that you will be a free agent that uh, I don't know I what Bryce you're talking will be about. spending some money on in the offseason. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bryce is going after uh, a former scooter in, the, in his offseason personally, like, but uh, after seeing those two. Uh, let's move on to number nine, Justin Barron. I think Justin yeah, Barron should move up this list a bit. I like Justin Barron a lot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and here's here's that next goalie then at number 10, Ivan Fedotov, and a really nice one to oh. put there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Oh, okay. uh, I kind of missed him. Yeah, so a couple a couple more goalies Jeez. in this in this pipeline. That yeah, Vancouver, the, the, so he has Uka Pekalukunen, Ivan Fedotov, Kali Klang, uh, Samuel Erson, Alexei Kolosov, mm-hmm. and Colton Ellis. Yep. All, all mm-hmm. guys with actual NHL potential. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the goalie crapshoot. Like, you take guys with, right. with some potential, and you just <clears> hope that they're in a system that allows them some opportunity. Because that's, that's yes. really, I think, about two-thirds of what it comes down to is, are they ever going to get a shot? But yeah, they all seem to be in favorable positions. They're all performing well at the current levels and had every chance to climb on that ladder. So yeah, good, good cagey picks. I have a couple more players on my list, but they're they're skaters. Do, do you have anybody else? Um, let me just see here. Uh, well, I'm a I am a Riley Kidney fan. Yes, for starters, yeah, one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, for um, sure. What's, what's your take on uh, enigmatic Russian uh, Ruslan Ishtakov? I did not have him on my list. Did you not? Hmm. Um, I didn't. I, I probably passed right over him. Looking when I saw the the just the gaggle of goalies. Yeah. Uh, but, so um, I mean, I know he is a, about as long a shot as it gets as far as home run swings go. Um, he's mm-hmm. five foot eight, and in his oh my god, his okay. So twenty. Let's see here. Twenty sixteen seventeen, he played junior in Slovakia. Seventeen eighteen, he played in the MHL in Russia. His uh, next two seasons were both at the University of Connecticut, his, his post-draft years. Uh, last year, he played in Finland. I suspect that's because the NCAA was all like shuttered in certain places and had trouble, trouble getting mm-hmm. his passports and stuff. Um, and this year, he's with Adler Mannheim in the German League. Um, so that's, shall we say, an atypical career trajectory. Um, but, I mean, he's... he's up points in all of those leagues. I have certainly have, haven't seen a single game of his in four seasons, but I remember really liking him this draft year. So, who knows? Yeah. Fun, fun long shot. 
Um, I've also got uh, Ethan Keppen here. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if Flint is, is still an absolute tire fire, um, but I know the, the Canucks Twitter folks, uh, a number of them are big fans of his, so that, that may be kind of taking notice. Who else yeah, do you yeah. have? I, okay, so I'm going to go back on what I said about Delandria there, and it was Flint. It was, oh, that's was yeah, yeah, okay. not not Saginaw. I, that's so a big mistake there by me. But it was it was Flint, and he and and Delandria stuck with him. So back with talking about uh, Mike's uh, player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so I I I'll correct that. I'll do my Fox News. Um, <laughs> you know, we like throw that, that in at the end of. We never uh, said that. You know, <laughs> exactly. So and anyways, um, <laughs> I have uh, Marion Studenich. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, and I mean, I, I watched him in that last series, the Calgary-Dallas series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, young guy. They, you know, they don't get so much time, in the, especially in the playoffs, but yeah. uh, I think he could make it. And Philip Johansson. Okay, sure. So, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But, so suffice uh, to say, there are a lot of interesting players in this. Uh, <laughs> it's that top five that he has, though. But top five is just disgusting. Just, Yeah. So okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I'm tired of talking about Bryce's top five. Uh, White horse, the White Horse Huskies. Don, Don the Huskies. Don. Don. Don the Huskies. This, I've got, got there eventually. I hope uh, we're coming on an hour and forty-five minutes talking about yikes. the big little hockey guys. <laughs> this is definitely um, the longest prospects uh, group that we've talked this about. Is, you, sh- you shouldn't have me on the show. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> but I love it. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but I love got, it. That's we've awesome. got Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, number one. I the, love Tage Thompson. The unlikeliest 68.38 goal scorer in NHL history. I love it. Are they just banking pucks in off the guy? He's six foot seven. He's, he's a giant. Man, oh, he gets giant. that puck off his stick. It's really interesting. It's, it, what a release. Like, what? It's, it's incredible how quick that puck is off his stick. And it and seems it, like he can they, shoot it from his skates. He, he's able to take it at a weird line. Yeah. Um, which is really disgusting. Which is so, which is like that. Normally that's a five foot six guy that can do exactly. that, right? Yeah. Not the six, the six, eight guy's the awkward guy. Like, no way. If it's in his skates, there's no chance he's yeah. accepting the puck, let alone like getting that puck off and in the yeah. net, right? Exactly. It's just awesome. I love what Tage Thompson has done this year. So, I am sorry, before you move on, I, I, I saw a complete trend here with Whitehorse. They graduate guys so fast, mm. so fast, because I was like, why isn't this guy on this list? Oh, he's been graduated. He's played. He's played 80 SICHL games. Don likes to play the young guys. So anyways, oh, sorry, I interrupted you. That's But that's an interesting sidebar. That that speaks to, if I may, uh, a, a smidge. Don the Husky and his um, very thoroughly developed uh, farm system, which, if I recall correctly, consists of the, the Claim Jumpers, the Dawson 60 Belows, and there's actually like a fourth feeder <laughs> team. Which, Below the ECHL. <laughs> yeah, um, like an SPHL team or a Federal <laughs> Hockey League. I, don't, I can't remember what the name is, but, but I know he's got, like, he's got like three feeder teams. Um, 
and two of them just don't exist aside from on Twitter, which right. <laughs> I just love that. I don't think any other GM's done that in the league. So no, good on you, Don. Love the creativity. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Tate Thompson, he will be he will be a very nice ratings addition. Oh, yeah. Huskies next season. Good lord. Nice. Well played. Um, that strength. He's going to be 99 strength with like a 90 scoring. That's I don't know yeah. if I've seen that combo before. It's going to be cool. <laughs> Hard to stop. Uh, number two, number two, we have, uh, I think, a really, really interesting Leafs prospect who probably should have been a first-rounder, Matthew Neese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, nice pick. Nice pick, big kid, strong, fast, um, really aggressive. Like, the the little bit I've seen, I, I again, I don't want to misrepresent and make it sound like I'm watching a ton of hockey. I am not. I catch highlights for the most part, and... If I see a player I like, I might try and tune into like one random game um, that I find streaming. So I've only seen him play live like a couple of times, uh, other than just highlights. But um, I did catch a University of Minnesota game, and this kid is eager. He he is really quick to get on um, to get on pucks. Um, just absolutely dogged about it. Um, loves winning races. Uh, it's funny that his name knees because he likes to get his elbows out a lot he's <laughs> he's pretty aggressive um yeah you, you know i don't think he's going to be like running a line or getting a ton of power play time at uh, at the nhl level but I, this is a guy that should be able to contribute in like a, a pretty aggressive scoring third line kind of role if not you know contributing as a complementary second liner that's kind of what I see out of it anyway. But um, from what I've read about him, the Leafs absolutely adore the guy. So maybe they've got bigger aspirations and, and see a lot more to it and think they can develop that into some, something serious. So cool player. Really good mm-hmm. thing. Um, then coming in at three, uh, this is another guy I just love, Matthew Coronado. Yes. Um, Again with the Flames picks, I really like the guys <laughs> they take. They're, you know, they seem to have this mold of like five foot ten. 180 pounds, like just kind of normal looking average dudes who have just a crap ton of skill. Um, sometimes they develop them and they work out, um, and sometimes they turn into, you know, Matias Emilio Peterson and <laughs> do nothing at the next level because they're tiny and scared of, scared of elbows. Um, I don't think that's going to be his issue. He's, uh, he's already performing very well in NCAA. Uh, he's mm-hmm. with Harvard, so granted, some of his competition is a little bit, uh, the word, um, less competitive. Um, but, you know, coming off the season that he did uh, with the Chicago Steel, I know there were some questions about um, pretty much everybody that was drafted off that team just because it was so strong. <laughs> yeah. It is, is this like a Shattuck St. Mary kind of effect where guys are, are showing too well because the team is just overwhelming everybody? Or is he actually good on his own? I think he showed in um, in his Harvard season. He's that good on his own. Um, so really excited to see if he plays for. Uh, I would assume he will plays for USA at the uh, the, the next World Juniors. Yeah. Um, Want to see what he does against that kind of competition? But it's I think it's very encouraging given that he's not like the biggest dude. He's able to hold his own already at the NCAA level where he's playing against a bunch of jacked up twenty two year olds. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool player. Tons of skill. Great shot. Like the whole thing. He's awesome. Um, and then we get into <laughs> number four, which is like the most the most done thing ever to put this guy as his fourth top prospect is Colton Dak. 
Um, yeah, I mean, brother to none other than uh, Banff Rockies 51 gameplay graduate uh, Kirby Doc, who we didn't even talk about. Like, that guy would have been in your top five for sure if he was still so oh, eligible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, his brother is, let's be honest about it, less talented. Um, but he big. He's 6'4". He's a big dude. The, yeah. Those doc kids, they run, they run big. I don't know if they're feeding them. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're doing something right over there on the farm developing them. Um, he's performed very well for the Kelowna Rockets, uh, mm-hmm. which I can a thousand percent guarantee you is why Don loves him so much. Because that is right. Don's local WHL team. And he has seen him play a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, he was pointless and minus eight in the playoffs this year, which is not super <laughs> there encouraging. Were, there were a couple less tweets Oof. and Colby, um, Colton Doc tweets yeah. in the playoffs. Um, yeah, and that that was, uh, just as an aside, uh, that was a really tough series to watch. Um, yeah, the Giants just kind of manhandled Kelowna. Yeah. Uh, what a shame. Anyway, um, yeah, he's an interesting prospect, sure. Mm-hmm. We'll give it to you. Why not? Uh, number five, we come to a goalie whom I am a big fan of, Drew Gomeso. Blackhawks goalie, though. So, I don't know, you probably know where I'm going to go with this, but that's not a team that does a very good job of developing goalies. They kind of chew them up a little bit like the Flyers that way. Um, so, yeah, uh, exercise some caution there. Hopefully he's not uh, rushed out of college. It's great that he's at Boston University. That's That's obviously... You know, one one of the top clubs that you could possibly hope for I could develop at in the, uh, in the states. Um, sounds like he's performed very well down there, all things considered. I know his, his record wasn't amazing because um, Boston had a bit of a tough time this year, but um, they're probably going to be fine next year. Mm-hmm. And we should get another another chance to see him at the World Juniors. So, um, oh, he even played two Olympic games. I didn't even catch that before. That's wild. Yeah, That's pretty cool. and and. Like there's a there's another team. Well, maybe it's the perfect situation moving forward that it that team be. will be in a rebuild and he it can build be. with them, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe they were ruining goalies because they were just trying to run it in and, and <laughs> squeeze out backups too fast. There you um, go. It, it does happen. So, um, yeah, he's really interesting. He's uh, he's not a guy I've seen a ton of. Uh, that same stupid caveat again. But um, from from what I've read about it, um, he's not the kind of guy that overplays a ton. Sounds like he's a very controlled, smart, uh, technical goalie. Um, which, I mean, it, it really just depends what you're looking for. Do you want that guy that's going to be stable on the back end and you know, uh, not not making a game-saving stop for you when you really need it in overtime, or do you want the guy that lets in some beach balls once in a while but uh, can carry you through a you know, triple overtime in game seven? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it takes all kinds. But um, yeah, he should be a really good one. All right, there we I'll go. move on with the six through ten, and uh, at six, a guy just, I, I still really, really like, and I was huge on him last year at the draft, and that's Fedor Svechkov, yeah. and uh, Don, Don really, really tried to work that a little bit on me, like, yeah, I got him there, and now what can you give me for him? And I, yeah, I haven't. I haven't uh, fallen in yet, but uh, pretty soon Don's going to have a pile of players for me for Fedor Svechkov. <laughs> uh, uh, and like 
fantastic defensive player, like a center, but uh, but just really good at taking care of his own end. And I think so underrated on his playmaking uh, abilities. Uh, I think this, you know, and I, being Russian right now, I don't know how, how long it's going to take before he's uh, coming over. But at the same time, I think that's great for his development in that, uh, well, maybe not, because if, it's, if they put him in the KHL, he's probably only playing eight minutes a night. But um, he is, but he's also that responsible guy that maybe those old school coaches will, will play, right? So um, uh, anyways, I think, uh, I think we're going to see a really good player here, and I would move him up the list. Definitely the number four. Um, <laughs> all right, number seven, Jesper or sorry, Jesper Bokvist. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, so a yeah. really good player there at, at seven, Levi Merlinen. Um, okay. Yeah, and a good goalie there at uh, number eight, James Greenway. I have to admit, I didn't know so much about James Greenway. Oh, uh, so he has him at number nine. And then Robin Salo, nice, uh, nice spot ah, at number ten. Okay. Yeah. So a couple guys, a couple guys. I had three guys that uh, that weren't in them myself. Not a ton, as I said. Yep. Because Don graduates oh, guys, from, they can't they can't be in this prospect list. They played more than fifty SICHL games. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one of them that can't, hasn't been able to because he hasn't come over yet. But boy, he sure does well in the league. Is uh, Petrus Palmu? He didn't have yes. him in there. Yeah. I like Petrus Palmu a lot. Um, smaller guy, but man, con- consistent and good. Like very talented. So, mm-hmm. um, I have two other guys. Did you have anybody? Um, <clears throat> I had, I ran into the same trouble you did. Um, a little bit tricky narrowing it down. Guys <laughs> that are actually eligible, but um, uh, a player that I traded to Don, actually Vancouver Canuck prospect Yoni Yermo. Okay. Big defenseman, Finnish kid. Um, I, I used this to describe a different player earlier, but uh, meat and potatoes kind of guy. He's he's not going to uh, to wow you with anything. He's not really a big uh, like rushing defenseman. He's just kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, he got away with it a lot in junior. Uh, he's not doing it <laughs> in the <Yeah>. league. <laughs> um, so playing very differently from how he was drafted because that that you would have. Described him the exact opposite in his draft year, but um, to his credit, he's making changes. He's he's adapted his style. Um, he's using his size instead of trying to like dangle around folks. And I think he's I think he's got a future. He's an interesting one. Um, Excellent. Beyond that, uh, this is a little bit of a weird one, um, and maybe as much because of the the name as anything else, or the names I should say. But he's got a couple goalies. Mm-hmm. Both of whom caught my eye because they have funny names, and they're actually both pretty decent prospects. Joseph Wall. Yep, that's if one you could of have a goalie name. with the last name Wall, why wouldn't you? <laughs> um, but he's actually pretty decent. He had four games with the Leafs this year. He looked good for the Marlies. Um, he had a really good NCAA career. Uh, Three-year standout for Boston College. Talked about them before. Um, so solid stuff there. And then, come on, this is the best name on this team. Merrick Mittens. <laughs> a goalie named Mittens. Come on, he's it's got... so good. Um, admittedly, good. he's actually not a very good goalie by the looks of it, at least in terms of professional play this year. But he was a, a four-year absolute standout for, admittedly, kind of a lower-tier university there in Lake Superior State. But um, 
930 save percentage, 196 goals against average um, just in the 2021 season for them before turning pro. Um, I believe they won a championship that year. I think they won something. So that was, that was, a, that was a really good team. Um, he's, he's half his time with the ECHL this year. Um, he got absolutely rocked in his one game playing for Latvia internationally this year. He gave up six goals. Uh, so he had a tough time there. But um, I have a real soft spot for, for goalies from strange countries. I love Latvian goalies in particular because they get all sorts of crazy opportunities. Christos Gudlevskis is still a, long, uh, a schooner favorite. So maybe maybe Mittens will become a, likewise a, a household name in Whitehorse. Right. Who else you got? Uh, I, got, I got at least one other guy on the list here. I have, yeah, I have to check actually if he's played 50 games or not. Yeah. But I have Kale Flurry then. Uh, yeah. Kale Flurry, has he played 50 games? That is he's the played question. 37. There you oh, go. Sorry, no, he's, so, yeah, he's played so, seven, just seven. Okay. So, yeah, Kale Flurry, uh, I think he's going to play a lot of games in the other league. And so I think he'll be, uh, that guy, he's already playing uh, some games in the other league. De- had a decent. Decent year, most of the year with uh, with I think it was Laval, mm. um, but uh, also played in some games uh, up with the Habs this year. But he's also played forty some odd games with the Habs in the other years. So, or or was it Seattle? Where did he play? Where? Know. Let's see. No, it was with Seattle. Not just nine games and uh, played forty games two years ago with Montreal. So. Um, the in the other league, of course. But uh, yeah, no, I I think. Uh, I think Kale Flurry, and especially now being with Seattle, I think he'll get a shot too. Yes. Again, pretty soon. So, um, here's some of his graduates recently. Uh, <laughs> I, I was going to put Fabian Zetterlund on this li- list until well, there he's, he's a grad. So, he recent mm-hmm. grad. Uh, Quinn Hughes, of course, at, you know, only 21 years old in the SICHL. And, and uh, of course, he's a grad. He should be a grad, of course. But Dante Fabro, another one. Uh, Matt, Matt Kachuk in that other league is you know, like, he's only 23 in, in the SICHL. He's been a grad for a long time and rightfully so. But I mean, Don really graduates players quickly, but also because he gets, he gets guys that are NHL ready, mm-hmm. SICHL ready then. So um, good on you. Way to go, Don. All right. Let's take a look back and let's see if we can uh, rank a top three here. Uh, oh boy! I I'll start. Um, number one, I have the Vancouver Vipers. the The top five, <laughs> top five is just disgusting. Like I said, um, I think he's got the best prospect of any prospect in the Canadian West mm. in Maurice Sider. Yeah. Jack Quinn's pretty close behind. Um, well, not really. Moritz Sider is just that good that even Jack Quinn isn't that close behind. But uh, Jack Quinn is pretty damn good as as well as Cole Perfetti and Mason Tavish then and Huka Pekalunikin. And so I will have to go with Vancouver Vipers for myself, number one. Uh, number two, I have the Calgary Mustangs. They have a lot of really good players. They're, you know, they may not, their number one is very good. I have a couple, I have one other teams number one that i like even more uh but uh but they have a lot uh going for them and uh, so i had them number two and i had this tie at number three i don't know if i can have a tie but i had this tie at number three 
we did the Vancouver Island Norseman and the Edmonton Supersonics. And I don't know how to break this tie because it, I like them both. I think I think Vancouver Island has more depth. There's more of them, but I might like the top ten of personally of Edmonton more. I'm not sure. Um, just like at number to have Noah Dobson at number two. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. just crazy, right? That is so good. And, you know, I would have him ahead of Cylinder, but a, a, a number of people wouldn't, that's for sure. Like, Cylinder is really good, too. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to go Vancouver Island and Edmonton as a tie at three. How about yourself? That's that's, uh, that's mighty humble of you, sir, leaving yourself off that list. Um, I, I think you've got at least a top three list right there, just on the strength of your uh, your, your high-end talent. Given that Lundell is already an NHLer, Knight is already an NHL backup and ready to step in as soon as Bob Rossi's, you know, self-destructs. Um, Bob Colson's an NHLer. Like uh, out of out of the folks you just listed, I don't think any of them have three bona fide NHLers in their top five. So that carries a lot of a lot of weight as far as I'm concerned. I'm inclined to agree with you about Vancouver at the top of that list just because of the high-end talent. Um, mm-hmm. Cider is just utterly uh, irreplaceable. There, there's not going to be a comparable defenseman available to any other team in the SACHL, period. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. Around a, I don't throw around a Pronger reference. Like, no, nor do I. Like, I the Pronger was the best like overall in yeah. my opinion just like having everything going for him for yeah. so many years and, and with um, that intimidation factor to yes me, exactly that's that's yeah. a, a key piece for me as good as yeah. cider is at everything else that separates him from the pack yeah um yeah so i, I think i think i gotta go vipers first um i'll, I'll slot you in a second honestly i think uh, i think there's enough talent there enough quality to warrant that um and you're getting reinforcements next year. Like that can't be overlooked. And then it's a real toss-up, uh, as you said, between. Jeez, how did I separate this out? I actually, I think I got to go between Edmonton and Calgary myself. Um, as good as the Norsemen are, um, power may or may not have useful ratings next year, just based off those eight games. But otherwise, he's basically just relying on Dylan Dubé to to do something for him out of that. Uh, prospects and that's that's not going to be like a game changer for him as useful a piece as that is so i gotta kind of knock him out whereas you know edmonton dobson should be very good next year soldier should be useful um Burford might be useful uh versus robert thomas who should be a star next year mm-hmm. so i don't know i i think i would probably again if i'm sticking to the rationale of who's going to be most useful and do the most damage on the pro club i gotta get Give it with uh, give it to Edmonton here. Okay. So, yeah, Vancouver one, Banff two, and three for me. Yeah, and I mean, and, and it brings up an interesting debate on how people rank their mm-hmm. uh, their prospects. Is it based on? And we talked about this in some previous episodes. Is it based on what they're going to do sooner, mm-hmm. or their top end potential? What they think that player is going to do in the end for them, yeah. right? So yeah, it's, um, I personally a fascinating exercise. It is. <laughs> it's really interesting. So yeah, uh, 
Weigh in in the comments, everybody. We want to see you on Twitter complaining about our decisions. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Get back to us and let us know what a crap job we did. And if you um, made it to uh, to minute one hundred and thirty nine of this uh, podcast, then uh, congratulations to you. So happy listening for a long weekend because you'll need it <laughs> to listen to the episode, everyone. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, really in-depth uh, in-depth analysis of, of all the players and the teams. So I really appreciate having you on and best of luck in the playoffs. Um, and maybe we'll have you on soon as a... Uh, oh, don't talked to you about up. this, but uh, as, in, in a different role. I'm not <laughs> trying to jinx anyone. Um, anyways. <laughs> Eric, thanks so much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, sorry, everybody, for melting your ears. Um, and little <laughs> do you know, I don't know anything I'm talking about here. I just made it all up at the top of my head. So <laughs> take it with a big little grain of salt. Fantastic stuff. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Good night. All right, that will wrap up a very long episode. Thanks again to Eric Schneider, GM of the Nova Scotia Schooners. And best of luck to all the teams that are in the SICHL playoffs. Okay, if you have anything that you'd like to talk about on the podcast, or if you would like to be on the podcast, please just uh, DM me at SICHL Rockies on Twitter and love to hear from you. Okay. Hope everyone has a great evening, day, morning, whatever it is for you right now. Thanks for listening.